Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about an artist, where we talk about a group, where we talk about a trio. This week we're talking about Screaming Females. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. This is Tyler. And once again, this week we are talking about the band Screaming Females. Steaming Creamales. How do we feel about listening to Screaming Females? Ooh, oh so good. It's it's a my pick. It's a so, it's a Dexy pick. I felt especially good about it. I love Screaming Females. It's entirely fair. Did you in, end up enjoying? Because I'm assuming. Have you listened to all of their music prior to this moment? No, not all of yeah, it. Yeah. Did you listen to them before you listened in this moment? That was the question. Uh, yeah. I, who did you listen to first? Uh, That's a good question, Jared. Up till this week, I've exclusively listened to in this moment. So this was a little different. Uh, okay. It's a little different. Not too different, but a little different. Exactly. Um, so where where did you start, Dex, since this is your pick? Did you start with uh, Rose Mountain and then work your way back? What? How did you listen to Screaming Females previously? Uh, so I started, I believe, on Ugly. Uh, that's the 2012 release, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started there, and then I just kind of listened here and there um, at, from there on. Mm-hmm. I saw them when they were touring for um, Rose Mountain. Yeah. So... I've been listening to since sometime before that. So ne- nearly a decade now you've been listening to old Screaming Females, it sounds like. Quite a while. Yeah, it's quite, that's quite a good amount of time. I really like wasn't super familiar with Screaming Females until All at Once came out. I like knew of them and I had listened to maybe a couple tracks from them, but like I had not really like listened to like a full-length Screaming Females album until their most recent one. So I would say that I'm less familiar with Screaming Females than my general band that we cover on this show. So, Jerry, what did you think about Screaming Females? I think they were all right. They were fine um, alternative rock punk band. Not, they're fine. That's my origin. That's my first thought. Sure. Tyler, what's your stance? On I, like the sc- I like Screaming Females. They're good. They reminded me of, I brought it up already, they're very similar, similar to Slater Kenny. Yeah. Kind of like an extenuation almost after Baby Teeth. Right. Uh, Baby Teeth's a little closer to, really, for me, closer to classic rock yeah. sound. But when they got into their groove, the sound that they maintained the rest of their career thus far. Mm-hmm. Power, Basically, power move on. Yeah, power move on. Because, like, well, what, I don't if, know. what if someone is watching their TV is... I think there's a lot of their in, that in, Slater, Kenny, in there still. I have two songs I really liked off that album. That I really I like, like the theme song close. off of that one. What, what did you like off of I like, and I'm debating is. whether one of these two is my favorite. Ooh, already. All right, so I don't good. know, but I like Mothership, and mm-hmm. I like Humanity Arranged. Okay. I really like Mothership. Yeah, Mothership's really good. Huh. So. You, do you, you want to pick it? You think you think it makes it to the coming out early with a favorite pick? Can I can I make a, a, a plea? Sure. My Maybe my favorite is humanity arranged okay you can have that then but i was gonna say i had another one that might be my other favorite so if well, you pick i have it, a hand i mind. have a handful so i'm you know i'm not any we're not any better off so it's up oh. to you because it's a great song and that's what it between that and mothership that's what i was going to play so we can i'll play mothership if you want to play that or i'll choose something else later on because i got other ones down the road too hmm well, because the other song I really liked, and uh, we're going to move ahead in albums, but I'll just say what things I like. Yeah. I really enjoyed the song Hopeless from Rose Mountain also, mm. but it's way, it's different 
It's yeah. completely different. It is than humanity arranged. Right. Like it those are the different. two. When I heard, and I'm pretty, sure, I don't know if I liked it because because uh, Tyler and I went and saw them um, at the same night we saw uh, Green Jello. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we saw Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, and yep. a few other various things that night. It was pretty fun. But I had never really listened to Screaming Females before, and then I saw their name on the bill, and I was like, oh, you know. I was excited, but I had no reason to be because I had never listened to them. I didn't really know anything about them. Yeah. But it just sounded like a band that I would want to see. Kind they of killed it that night, too. They were good. Yeah. And so I'm wondering. They've got some, so yeah, good. I was going to say, they've got a pretty good energy to their live shows yeah. from what I've heard. I'm, I've one, never seen I'm wondering live, if I, me listening to it on album made me like think about them playing a lot. You know, like that sure. might have been. Because I don't think I'd ever listened to them prior to that. You know, so. Right. Anyways. That was a song that stuck out in. The, I mean, that was on their second album. In that song, I heard it and I said, "This is going to be difficult to beat on the favorite song." Well, let's just play it. Okay, yeah, and play if that. You want to play "Hopeless"? You can. If I want to play another one, I'll play another one too. Yeah. So which one have we landed? Humanity on? Range. All right, you got it. That riff is sweet, isn't it? It's a yes. pretty sweet riff. She just her like vocal delivery of that song was just very different than kind of what like the other stuff was, in my opinion. But maybe it's the same. I don't know. It kind of reminded me a little bit of this band uh, called Heartless Bastards. Yeah, they're pretty that good. I, that I uh, knew a long time ago. They had an album called uh, The Mountain in 2008, and it kind kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the song Hold Your Head High. Uh, you don't have to play it, but it, if you like, I mean, they're not even really. I mean, they're both indie rock, basically. That's the only comparison you can make, but I don't know. It just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, they got some still. I listened to the Heartless Bastards album I'm more familiar with is All This Time, the 2006 one. But there's some similarities in there. That's where, and later on, she develops the falsetto singing style a little a hair more. That's what reminds me especially of, like, The Woods. Slater Kinney's, that album, The Woods, they sing a little more like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um so coming into it, but she did sing. They did sing a little differently. She did initially. I I I do think that because it's Paternoster, right? Is the pronunciation of her last so. word or her last name? Uh, I think it's Paternoster. I know how to spell it, but um, I think that her vocals are probably my favorite part of Screaming Females by a pretty like large margin. I think that she's got a really interesting voice in the punk rock, indie rock scene or whatever. I think that. And that's, it's cool because a lot of their music is very consistent. It A lot of what they do musically, especially on their early albums, I would say Power Move, Castle Talk, and Ugly could have all been on the same album. The only big difference is that progressively their production cleans up a little bit, especially when you get to Ugly for obvious reasons because Wonder, Wonder Star, Steve Albini helped engineer that album. 
So you would see obviously some improvements in terms of like production value. But otherwise, I feel like they had a very structured like sound that they stuck to pretty well on those albums. I think their first two albums, which were self-released and then they were re-released by their label, their label being um, Don Giovanni. Thank you, Don Giovanni. Um, they re-released those two albums. They were kind of, it, it seemed like they were finding their sound a little more on those two albums, but still definitely had like a similar pattern to their music that was on those two albums. And you really don't get a huge shift until you get to Rose Mountain from my perspective. I don't know how you guys feel, but th- that's, I, I think that her voice is a majorly strong point, And I think that that's consistent across all albums. I think it does change a little bit from here to there. But for the most part, she just consistently has a very strong voice. Right. The vibrato thing she does is really interesting. And mm-hmm. it really leads itself to the music really well. Yeah. I don't think she does it as much later on. Uh, she, she definitely did it a lot in the first few. Well, yeah. Power Move, Castle Talk, and Ugly are full of it. Yeah. yeah. They're full of it. And like I said, Baby Teeth is kind of it's kind of an odd album for me. I had one song on there that I really liked. Mm-hmm. That I when it started playing, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this at all. And then it shifts. Was it Jonah? It was Angelo's song. Uh, one more following. Because Angelo's song starts off, it almost sounds like a blues rock song, mm-hmm. and then it shifts into that groove, and you're like, okay, this is kind of fun here. Yeah. But that album as a whole. For me, like I mentioned, was re- it's really rooted in like a classic rock sound. Even the tonality of the guitar is kind of like sitting there for me. Yeah, which it's an okay album. It's got but, a little bit of roughness to it too, which gives it kind of almost like a classic rock feel. Yeah, to it as well. and they all, you know, I in preparation for this week, I watched a couple of uh, things and read a couple of things, and I watched a couple of Needle Drop reviews because he was he likes Screaming Females quite a bit mm-hmm. and has a, a preference for. The rawness of their early work, but the the hookiness of Rose Mountain and All at Once, for instance, mm-hmm. in his opinion, and I don't to- I don't totally agree. Castle Talk and Ugly kind of pair together as two albums that maintain you know the sound, but lack some type of creativity. Which I don't know that I would do that. I own both Castle Talk and Ugly, and I really enjoy them. And Castle Talk's the first one I heard, and I'm not sure that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of lump Power Move into some of the earlier, like that's between Power Move and Castle Talk is where I hear a lot, a little bit more cleanup, yeah, in terms of production and and moving towards where they would end up on Rose Mountain, yeah, uh, even though it doesn't quite have the same hookiness. I definitely agree on the hookiness. I think that uh, the hookiness definitely starts to come out on Rose Mountain, and I thought that it was good. I liked that they started going into that direction because honestly, and it's not not that's a huge negative. But they did have a pretty consistent sound. And I was kind of five albums deep. I was like, I wouldn't mind hearing something different at this point. So I think Rose Mountain was kind of like a breath of fresh air while listening to all their albums because I was like, okay, this is a little different. I'm getting something different off of this. Like really like, especially when you get to a song like Wishing Well, like Wishing Well is just like way poppier than much of their other work. Yeah, one of two, that and Jared's other uh, song, He Liked Hopeless, are the two tamed down tracks on that album Mm -hmm. that kind of make things a little different. And I don't think that the pop, I don't think the hookiness detracts from their point. No. In terms of sound or anything at all. So it's not like it's something, you know, some people could use that as, oh, well, they moved towards some pop, more poppy sounds or something. Yeah, but they, it's not like that at all. It still totally fits their sound. It really does. No, because they haven't sold out at all because they've been on the same label the entire time. Right. And Caleb said earlier uh, this week, he was talking about that, the label and how they've 
probably outgrown it. Yeah. But I don't know what that means in terms of if they're going to leave, you know, if they would leave or not, you know, like, because yeah. if you look at, um, I mean, they're kind of have mostly consistent listens on Spotify around the one to two million, which isn't that many. Mm-hmm. But if you look at um, their uh, YouTube page for the, the Don Giovanni, that's the song from uh, All at Once, the lead single, Glass House, had like almost 800,000 views on the music video. And the next closest is like not even like remotely near that for the Don Giovanni YouTube chant, yeah. you know? So it's yeah. like, this is the only band that anybody would have ever heard that's on, on, on this Don record. Giovanni, right. Yeah. yeah. And I will say too, is that, cause like I will say, and I will say it now because you mentioned it, All at Once is my favorite album. Glass House is my favorite song from Screaming Female. It is a great, great song. Hugely awesome opener to an album. But I think that the major thing that I would say is, is that I don't listen to that album and think, Man, oh man, this label sure it wish that this label could have done something better with this album. No. I, no. I so obviously it doesn't matter. Like screaming females can keep doing the music right. they're doing regardless of what label they're on. It's still gonna sound the way that it well, sounds. They're they're cleaning it up. Yeah. So well, it would be it would be for the sake of exposure more than anything. Sure. For sure. Well, I looked but, into it a little bit. Uh, they are just friends with the people who own that now. They they just feel go. comfortable there. They get all of the creative license they want. They can that, do whatever they want. That's what I was going to say. They're clearly supported getting Albanian to do some production work. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and if they want him, and they can do whatever they want to. You know, they yeah. have the creative freedom on a smaller label, and especially if you've made friends with them. You know, you can do things that you can't do elsewhere. Yeah, if you right. went to a big label, you don't get that kind of control. You just have yeah. to do what is going and to especially make the money if you're from the, their perspective. Right, and they're not they're not really a band that you would anticipate having mainstream success. No either. So really. I mean if they signed to a major or a semi major label, then they would have more exposure and go on sure. bigger tours and open for right. somebody under you know, like open for Slater Kenny potentially. Yeah, you know, right. Whatever. Yeah. Well, but you know that it's not going to change the sound. Probably. No. they're not going to change their and sound for that. They would have left the label earlier, than right? That. And if you're the top seller on a small label, they want you anyway. That's true. You know, so yeah. what are you going to? You know, you you have no real reason to get out of there. Yeah, you've got no real reason unless you just, you know, unless you want some kind of exposure. But I don't think that they have. You know, knowing what I've seen about their shows and booking, it's not like I don't think they have that issue. I don't think they're concerned. No. I'm going to go ahead and play Glass House before we get too far ahead of it. Those riffs are just so powerful sometimes. You I know? know. It's just like. Well, there's just something about Glass House that like, I think that that song stands out. It stands out to me as completely different from any of the rest of their discography. And I think that's why it's my favorite, just because it it's a very powerful song. It's a very well-written song. It's a very well-performed song. 
and it sounds different than the rest of Screaming Females in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's a pretty that album is a pretty sensible like step forward. Yeah, from Rose Mountain, which has made some changes. So yeah. it's a little bit it's a little bit more of a traditional indie rock album as compared to more of their like punk rock roots. Yeah, but then it is, and but they maintain the tonality of punk, right? Which is yeah. so, and the energy. Yes, both in, and it's a. Tr- this is a trio. Yeah, as I was well. going to mention that too. So they have like, and the mixing is really good because the bass is still really a lot way forward. Yeah, but nothing is overshadowed here. None of it. No. I mean, you basically have four layers: the vocals, the guitar, the bass, and the drums, and everything has its place. And everything sits really well on that album and in Rose Mountain, especially. And I noticed that mix. I noticed that in terms of like what is featured within a song, that the focus does not often feel like it's being detracted. You might start a song with a drum line, you might start a song with a bass line, you might start a song with a guitar like like they're they're doing something on different songs that are focusing in on different instruments right. rather than like they're always starting with the guitar. They're always yeah. focusing on and, and they may appear in different places. Like at any point in the song, they may bring the bass up and have a, and have some line in there that does that fills something. Or for instance, like in that song, the bass stands alone a little bit in that in Glass House because mm-hmm. the drums and guitar are like in your face during that riff. You know what I mean? For a lot of power, and the bass is like a background holding everything up when there's no more sound in yeah. the mix, kind of thing. And her just vocals and bass. So. In this album and um, Rose Mountain, they both were produced by uh, producers in Pearl Jam and Mastodon, and it, you, you can hear that shift in there. Yeah, definitely. Matt Bales is his name. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I love, I really, I have a thing. I know, like, Caleb has a thing for, at the moment, like, female-fronted singer-songwritery. Like, I have a thing for trios. I oh, love, really? Yeah, I love trios. Especially ones that like not every trio can produce a sound, a that's full so, sound, right? A really full sound. And when they do, it's really cool. Like another group that I want to, I would love to mention because we'll never talk about them, is an English trio called Trams. T R A A M S. I think I've heard of them. Yeah, I've got two, maybe three of their an EP and like two of their albums. They have two albums, and that's how they are. And they, like I was reminded of that a lot this week because this is the first time I've listened to all of the albums as well. Even though I've listened mm-hmm. to a, you know listened to a few before, and like. I'm always reminded of the other tri- of the other trios that like fill out the space, and it's just really cool to hear someone that can do that. I like Alkaline Trio. Hey, there you go. All right, Blake One Eighty Two. Green trio. Day. Yeah, Green Day's a trio. Green Day. What's your favorite trio? Well, at work we sell this frame that has three photos in it. It's called a trio. Oh. That's a good one. <laughs> Is it full of family pictures? Yeah. Are you trying to sell it? Can okay, yeah. you have a trio you want to talk about? Hold on, let me think. Uh, you mean Google? <laughs> you gotta Google the well, trio. I just want to make sure that I'm thinking of the best, like the best thing that I would think of as a trio. I, that's dumb. I looked at famous music trios and they have Depeche Mode, but there's a picture of four people <laughs> in Depeche Mode. It's like, what the hell? And two people in Goo Goo Dolls. That's dumb. Great. They're not even really a trio. They're uh, a band. Actually, you know what? I think there's a pretty obvious answer that somehow we have not landed on Nirvana. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nirvana's sure, kind of the big sure. trio that really fills well, out their sound. Actually, really well. that's a good example too because it's similar to this. Because yeah, 
Like Chris, the punk rock roots. Well, Chris and- Novoselic feels like he has a groove. You know what I mean? Yeah. The bass plays a role that's a little bit different than in like Green Day as a punk band where it's just like all noise all the time. Right. You know, in Nirvana, sometimes the noise fades away to leave Chris doing his thing. Right. You know, um, Dave Grohl isn't as aggressive, I don't think, as Screaming Females drummer, but probably whatever. He was just happy to be there. Really. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. He's guys. like, if I want to start Foo Fighters, I should start somewhere else. I'm gonna make that Foo Fighters work one of these days. But right. all right, I guess I'll do this Kurt thing for a little bit. You have anything more to say, Dax? Yeah, looking at you over there, fanboy. Your pick. I don't know so, why, Dax. Did, so when it comes down to the albums that you listen to, and I, I don't know that you fully answered this question, do you think that those albums, like the early albums, held up for you and like maintained an enjoyment for you in terms of what you had already heard from Screaming Females? It was interesting to listen to, uh, to kind of see roots of things in their later work that uh, I still liked. Yeah. Uh, definitely still holds like the later albums are still by far my favorites sure what's, what's late like you talking about rose mountain and uh rose mountain uh, and ugly ugly is where he started ugly is where you're starting and going from yeah because that's one where right i first be- heard them so the one yeah. right before but ugly I mean, you, as can't, well. you know even castle talk yeah yeah that's a good that's like i said that's where i started i bought that at the show jared and i went to i just couldn't find it anywhere mm-hmm. huh. they had it i'm like i'm buying this right now yeah i bought ugly at the show i saw them that's right yeah we talked about that i yeah. just grabbed ugly Two weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, a week and a week and a couple of days, I got a colored pressing of it for cheap, like thirteen dollars. Nice. That's not bad yeah. for a colored. Yeah, pressing it was thirty percent off. Is a double album. It's on translucent purple, and I think they were selling it for twenty bucks, but I got thirty percent off. So not yeah. bad. Wow, I got Captain Kangaroo a couple of weeks ago too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> It's a good one. I got two copies of Captain Kangaroo because one of them was sealed and yep. the other one has been opened and it's the same copy. I was like, I have a sealed one and I have one I can actually that's listen the best to. Enjoy. Way, that's perfect. And yeah. It was only a quarter each, so I was like, heck yeah, man. <laughs> I was looking at this guy's Great record deal. collection last night and he had a Mr. Rogers record and oh, I was boy. like, hell yeah. Nice. That's awesome. I have a couple have of those. Do you have Mr. Rogers albums? Two of them, yeah. Nice. They're great. Not long ago we talked about if you die, uh, what, pe- what we each want. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we got to pick. And it. I want the Jungle Book picture disc. Yep. Sick. Caleb, That's you get Mr. Want. Rogers. Oh, no, I want Adventure Time. <laughs> nope. Oh, man. It stinks. But okay. All right. Anyways. Uh, but, yeah, I I think that the fir- one of the first – so, I, like I said, I listened to All at Once, and then I also listened to Ugly at one point, and I didn't love Ugly. It just felt like it didn't stand out outside of what other albums – I had heard within that genre of music at the time. Like, I was like, I don't really feel like they're doing a whole lot that's, like, new. And I still don't think that... I think that that's my biggest mark against Screaming Females is that there's not a lot of innovation happening with their music. They're not really bringing something new to the table. They're just doing something that others have done, a la a Slater Kenny, but doing it well. They're delivering on their music well, and I don't want to fault them in any way, shape, or form for that. But I don't think that they're doing something innovative with their music when it comes down to it a lot but i think that i got a better perspective on their music by being able to go back and see how the production cleaned up and see how their sound changed a little bit like i think that that's one of the things that i enjoy about doing this podcast the most is being able to take the history of a band and understand it better by listening to their the pattern of their music rather than just saying oh yeah i know screaming females because i listen to ugly and that's all i know you know it helps to like have a, a a better perspective on that group and their music. Yeah, I mean, I can get I can get the 
argument of like it's not new maybe or something different i suppose but it's like you know it doesn't always have to be well it's not it can't always be it's not like it's not new though it's not like they're creating i know if when i listen to them i say this reminds me of slater kenny but this doesn't sound like a slater kenny song no you know so it's not like there's similarities in there but everyone does their own thing everyone has something to bring i mean this is not slater kenny i think if you like this you definitely will like slater kenny but this is not Slater Kenny. This has roots in different places, like it does. You well, know, yeah, absolutely. Baby Teeth is more, like I said, is more hard rock. There's more blues stuff in it. Like, like the punk is from a different era. Mm-hmm. Like Slater Kenny has punk feelings too, right? From like the the Riot Girl era. But this is like older. Yeah, this feels older in terms of where they're like you know '80s hardcore punk or you know heavier, something heavier. Well, I also think that a lot of the the variation in their sound, and I already mentioned this, comes from Marissa's voice because I think that she has such a distinctive voice that really they could put it over just about anything and you would say, oh, that sounds different because she brings something to the table in terms of being a vocalist. Yeah, I think she does. So I've read earlier this week, too, that she's potentially one of like the most underrated guitar players. Their guitar work is very good. Yeah. And the fact that she's able to do the vocals that she does while also carrying the load on guitar is also very impressive. In 2012, she was named the 77th greatest guitarist of all time by Spin Magazine. Really? Oh, boy. That sounds wow. very high. Can, I mean, not yeah. like the number's not high, but for her to even be on the list in 2012. Absolutely. And, you know, like with all the other guitarists that have ever existed throughout rock music and that you'd put her on. I mean, not that she... I'm not saying she doesn't, but it's not a name that you would think would be on that list. Oh, of course. By that time, they'd only released five albums. And, yeah, up to I mean, Ugly. Most people probably wouldn't have even known a lot about them other than Ugly, I would say. Because really, I don't. I think that some, like, you know, hardcore Screaming Females fans are obviously familiar with their previous work, but most, like, for one, a casual listener doesn't know Screaming Females, but a slightly less casual listener who knows Screaming Females probably has not gone on a back catalog look at like a power move yeah but spin magazine is like a, a more pretentious rolling stone kind of. yeah you know you're right. gonna get stuff like um you know like a gonna, N- npr and yeah. um you'll find things like you may not find in more well, they mainstream find yeah they find the yeah but I mean, what you're gonna find in there don in giovanni their right <laughs> yeah you're not gonna find the same mainstream stuff you'll find in no, rolling stone because or, they don't have to do the new Bieber album, you know, like right. they, they can choose right. to if they want to, but they don't have to cover all the major pop stuff. They can cover yeah. independent rock and hip hop and metal stuff. And say, yeah. cause they can, they put way more reviews in their magazine and online probably too now, but in 2012, right. they didn't do it as much. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I used to have spin magazine. I used to get it in the mail. It is. I mean, they are very similar to like an NPR because, like, again, like with an NPR, NPR doesn't have to cover like all the big major stuff. Like they'll like because I listened to their new music Friday episode this week, and they did talk about like all songs Grimes considered, and, yeah, which is a great podcast. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, they talked about Grimes, but they also talked about King Cruel's new album. And it's like so they're willing to span out, and sometimes they'll talk about the big the really big releases, but they're also willing to talk about the less so bigger releases. Yeah, well, they find all kinds of stuff that's. That's in different places. I found a band called Screaming Females has done a tiny desk with them. Yeah, they, they have. Yeah, they have done. I wanted to make sure they've I been circled on back in, to them. NPR likes Screaming Females. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, why wouldn't been, they? Right, but they, so they've been a few times on there. So I mean, so does like 
you know, amongst critics and amongst people such as that, they have people know who they are and people like them. Pitchfork likes them too. Do they? Yeah, Pitchfork gave ugly an eight. I don't know anything about. It. I don't. Oh. I don't, I don't yep, know. take a drink. We mentioned Pitchfork. I don't utilize Pitchfork anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up. I'm gonna keep using Pitchfork. I don't give a shit what these two say about All Pitchfork. Right. I'll admit I looked at it earlier this week, <laughs> but I wasn't gonna say it. I'll say it. Yeah, know. they all like them. Um, yeah, quite a bit. And there's no reason not to, because what you said, like they, what they do, they do what they do well, and they yeah. don't. You know, I don't really. It's, it comes back into the argument that you have to have with yourself i guess like if there's a band that continues to put out albums where things aren't necessarily changing is that a good thing or a bad thing well i mean if they're putting out good albums that this is not the last album it's clearly not the last album but they haven't moved anywhere you know i don't know do i care probably not like the ocs is a good example for me Oh yeah, that's a very good example. Who keep doing the same thing over it's and over again? It's always good. It's good, good every time. It's I mean, Ty Segal, psychedelic garage a, rock. a lot of the psych garage revamp type musicians do that, and I don't have like I have no issues with that. Yeah, you know, some people may take take issue with it, but it's like, hey, Weird Al, do something other than parody. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's wrong with him? He's got twenty. 20- 40 years of why doing there, the same Why does he have so much accordion? I'm so impressed you brought that up. <laughs> so much accordion. Listen, I need, listen, I, I've got to have you one time, Weird Al, just stop doing the armpit right. part yeah, on your quit. song. Stop Do something it. different. I like how he's got, he's got it built into a soundbite on his board is what it is. So oh, he's yeah. just, you know, he can just play it. I, I, I I'm going to only very briefly mention it because you mentioned Weird Al. I just watched a stand-up bit of Paul F. Tompkins talking mm. about yelling at Weird Al. I haven't watched bit. it yet. I have it saved. I, I want to watch it, though. It's a good bit. Yeah. I, would, I would look at it. Weird. You gotta keep it down. It's a good, it's it's a good bit. Anyways, back to Screaming Females. Anyway. Screaming Females, their original name was Surgery on TV. Yeah, as a duo. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, as a duo in Jersey. Was that just Jersey. the guitar and drums then? I believe so. I believe so. That I'll makes sense. I mean, it would. It'd be weird to be just bass and guitar. Yeah. You could do it. No I suppose. percussion. We don't need it. It's slap bass, so it's semi-percussive. Oh, That's yeah, true. There you go. Slap it a bass. The uh, bass player and uh, the singer—they grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, it wasn't. It was just—it was guitar and bass. It was. And then they found the drummer and made a trio. I was about to say huh. they grew up together. Um, so it could have been them, but that seems weird. It was. That would be an odd sound for sure without any kind of like percussion. Well, I don't know. Who knows how long they lasted? Is you know maybe they was just an experiment, did a couple of things, and performed a little bit, and did whatever. Yeah. You know, and we're actively seeking. Mm. So, but someone else give me a favorite track. We haven't played much music from them yet. I know Jared and Tyler don't wanna don't wanna admit their favorites. I well, played we, my favorite. Yeah, oh, did you him... stick with that one being your favorite? Yeah, that was a favorite of both of us. And you, were, we decided you were tossing we... it around. Well, we decided well, if, we're, if, we if I'm allowed to play else... Hopeless, I'll play that too. Yeah, but... you can play it. He says so. You can. Why not? He's the. I know. Well, let somebody. Why play not? Their... You play your favorite then. Jared, do you, do you want to go ahead and play a little bit I of all Hopeless? Do you yeah, play, play Hopeless. Oh, sure. Well, somebody else should play their favorite, but yeah, play Hopeless, I guess. Well, everyone. So thus far, we have played our favorites. You and I collectively. Oh, he played. He did your collective favorite. Glass House. So it's really only him and then any choices you and I have. Yeah. Additionally. Well, if you guys can agree. If you two can agree on songs, you can play as many songs as you want. But we're going to play Hopeless now. Come on me again. 
I know we've mentioned them before, but I think this would be the track that would be worth mentioning. It sounds like a hop along song. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit different. I love that song. I almost picked that. It's good. More agreement. Look, if we're all just I know. I already song. know what other song I'm going to play next, and spoiler, it's the song after that on the same album. Hey, so Jared oh, and I are I like hanging close. Try, Triumph is my favorite song of Rizmo. It's a great song. Before we play another song, I have a question for anybody that knows the answer. Why does she sometimes dress like a nun? Uh, she only has three shirts, and that's one of them. Is that right? I don't know. I made that up. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, a pretty good answer. answer. Seems right. She also has a shirt. I, I'm looking up. Uh, that shirt you're talking about was what she was wearing when I saw them live, though. Oh, really? Yeah. The well, she wore it when she, they did. What did we watch? Where she was wearing it? Isn't it the Glass House video? Maybe. I don't know because we also watched the Fish Center one. Oh, they, yeah. They were on true. Adult Swim Fish Center. We watched that. They played. Did they play Glass House? No, no. Was it? they played something else. They played. Um... Anyways, while you're thinking of that, she has a shirt that also says. Kurt smells like Teen Spirit. Hmm. Didn't they play Black Sense, Moon? Sensible because Black it, was ones. A, it was a deodorant, so he could. Oh. Teen Spirit was a deodorant brand. Yeah, it was. I see that. I see that image, June. Tyler, would you like to play Triumph now? We can play it now if you want. We can wait briefly if you want. That's Seems a, like it, it's. Well, how I mean, about it makes my sense favorite? To, we'll get there, but I feel like it makes sense to follow up Hopeless with Triumph since they they're back. Track Go for it. Other, right, let's so. do it. She's got good guitar tone too, just sick. Great example too of the bass being really forward in the song mm-hmm. though. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a really, really solid and like forward bass line. They do, they do do's it. They do do's. They do do's. They it. do use a lot, and not like all the time, but a lot of uh, the loud, quite loud dynamic shifts. Yeah. You know, they start a lot of times. They'll start with a little thing to get real loud, and they'll tone it down for the verse. Mm-hmm. You know. She's wearing it a lot in these various pictures. I'm Maybe reading about. Right. I'm reading about. <laughs> I'm reading right now about it. So why is she do it? We wouldn't be questioning a male's fashion choices. Yes, we would. We wouldn't notice. Exactly. This is this stands out. Well, it just it's like it's been in like three or four things that I've seen, so I just wasn't sure. I like it. I'm all about it. Have you played your? Why don't you play your favorite song? We're all reading about this. Yeah. So my favorite song. It's actually. So I can't pick between. The first three songs of Rose Mountain. Just the whole beginning of the album. Just play that whole thing. All right, let's just go ahead and do, let's see, what is it, about, about four, about ten minutes? About yeah. ten minutes of music we'll just go ahead and play through? Yeah. They won't mind. Just play the first one.
got a little bit of two tracks there, didn't you? Yeah. That's a part that really reminds me of Trams. Yeah. They've got a song on the, their album, Modern Dancing, that does that exact thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cut, I love transitions cut, like it that. It cuts so in good. with the noise and with a drum beat, and it comes into a song that's like heavily, the drum sets the tone for the whole thing in terms of how it's going to go, you know? Yeah. I love it when they, oh, it just sounds good. It's great. It's just good. Jared, this might be a good time, I'd say, for you to go ahead and start talking about some of them screaming female covers that we landed on this week. There are some good ones. So I found a, a number. I know you found them, too, because uh, I heard you listening in the shower earlier, <laughs> buddy. Best place to listen to music in the world is in the shower, baby. Oh, yeah. So they covered uh, the song Because the Night with the band Garbage, which was originally written by Bruce Springsteen, my friend. Your buddy. <laughs> Pal. They're both from New Jersey, so it's yeah, it's that's true. They covered uh, Miss Cheryl Crow. If it makes you happy. That's such a good one. It's a really it's good, good cover. For the AV Club um, thing that they used to do, I don't know if they still do it or not. It was what, a season. So they have, it's called a, AP a, Undercover, something like that. So they have v- various groups come in and do cover songs, but they have to choose from a list. And then once the band picks it, the next band, it's eliminated. And so the last band yeah. has to pick I've one. Seen one. I've seen Guar do one. Guar's Carry one. On My Wayward Son yes. is great. Oh, yeah, seen. that's a good cover. That's what I've seen. But um, they, they got to chose pick one. Cheryl Crow. And then they, like, it wasn't even on the list. They were just pr- practicing it, like, before. And they were like, hey, why don't you just do it or whatever. So they did. It was pretty good. Yeah. And then the other cover that I uh, found was... Uh, Taylor Swift, shake it off. Let's, hey, let's play that one because that, that one's one. really, really good. got to use different hand motions because i don't know sorry that means two different things yeah <laughs> so i think right. i figured some things out about she's wearing the nunish outfit in this video can i make a guess by the way go for it uh is it because they tour a lot and they can only bring so many things no mm, damn okay apparently she went to in middle school she went started going to a catholic school mm-hmm. that her father went to and she got made fun of a lot because she's short and stocky and said she was pimply and people gave her a bunch of junk. So when she went there, though, she started having to wear a uniform every day, which she had never done. So she had to wear this this skirt uniform outfit. And when she put that on initially, she was very uncomfortable with herself at it and was like kind of tormented by having to wear this every day. And then she kind of, I guess it became like a thing that she got over that now is like a kind of like a comfort type situation yeah right so she puts on a uniform for every screaming female show of some sort uh for the sake of like being in a place like that that's cool i like that that's a good that's a good fact about them right there i'm glad i thought about it i'm glad you found something i couldn't find anything where'd you find that on voice 
Gotcha. Village voice. The village voice. She said a quote from there is that she take I take great joy in putting on a uniform before every screaming female show. All of my dresses serve me as dependable support. Hmm. So very good. Very cool. She's pretty cool. <laughs> did you? She rips, man. Like she does. She's, she's, she's so, so good. good. She is. When I, you when you went to the show, did you talk to them? Did you say that or no? I did. I, you talked to the band. Yeah. So it was a very small venue. It was like a college town uh, somewhere near Cleveland, I think. And uh, everyone there was just they were just college kids who were just there because they went to school there. Yeah. So there were very few people that actually cared about them. Right. So I was just one of those random people so i just went up to him and hung out with him drank a little bit well you got rose mountain signed didn't you ugly signed. oh you got ugly, ugly signed. signed that's right that's pretty cool rose, rose mountain. mountain hadn't come out yet it was they were on tour for it oh okay. it had just come out it. So it was still newer but i didn't have ugly yet so i knew i wanted yeah. that when we it was a small venue when we saw him too it was at urban artifact mm-hmm. and i think they hung out at the merch booth brief briefly but they had to tear down this i talked to the woman working the merch booth with him. yeah she's pretty cool Probably the same, same girl. She's very attractive. <laughs> oh my! Did you speaking of Marissa? Uh, did you guys see that I put at the end the the noun, al- the album? Uh, Throw your body on the gears and stop the machine with your blood. Did not. That's a that's her solo project. Oh really? Noun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't listen to a lot of it, but it seemed pretty good. I mean, if you if you like screaming females, you're gonna like noun. Is basically what it came down to. I've never listened to the stuff she's done outside of the band. I've known she's done stuff, but yeah, I haven't looked into it. Figured it was worth mentioning for sure. So, I'm sure it was. I didn't. I knew we were doing all the albums, so I didn't even yeah. look at the mm-hmm. playlist. I get I'm it. sorry, yeah. I forgot. That's all right. No problem. Do we have anything else that we want to say about screaming females at this point in time? Not I'm just reading. I'm just <laughs> doing some reading. I'm trying to think of what we said. Everybody play a song. Her go-to karaoke song is Meat Loves Paradise by the Dashboard Light. So oh, yeah, good. I saw that. Don't forget about that. Important information. Yeah, right it's very there. useful. It's a good closing, thank closing you, thought. Thank you, Wikipedia, for putting... Uh, they put only two pieces of information in the personal life section for her. One, that she's openly lesbian, and one, that she likes to sing that as her go-to karaoke song. But if you song, go... So let's, uh, here's what happened. If you go to the site that they sourced... um or sources they cited, whatever you want to say, on her being openly lesbian. You go to that link. Sure. It goes down, and then it just, the it's a talking about the band playing somewhere, going on tour, and then it just says, she is openly lesbian. <laughs> so there's no, so just copy and paste in the one sentence. So, but there's no, like, there's evidence no real, in, I'm, right. I'm not saying that she's not. Right. There are other articles where she talks about that. Well, yeah, Wikipedia. You we could just have know cited a Wikipedia citation. Right. But Wiki the citation the worst was one. something that was just, there was no evidence surrounding yeah. that it's saying it. And right. that's, that's what they cited. Yeah. That's Thanks. very strange. Thanks, Wikipedia. You very said, helpful. As if we should trust them as a source. Anyways. Yeah. Quite or, helpful. Well, you know, in for pretty high level, you know. I get it. Things they're pretty accurate, but for things like this, I went to community college, and when I got there, people were surprised to learn that they could not cite oh Wikipedia yeah. as a source. That's yeah. insane. I knew that. Well, anyone, because, I would think anyone would, but know I that. knew that you can cite the article that it's sourced. So you just, right. if it's saying something, you click the button. It says, "Here's the article." You pull up the article, you read, make sure that it's accurate. And then cite that source. Right. But you have all of the information. Uh, this isn't important. 
<laughs> you can you can you can cite me as a source on this one. Screaming females are pretty good. Let's close out. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. This week we've been talking about screaming females. Next week we're going to be talking about Leonard Cohen. Check us out on Facebook. If you feel oh so inclined, perhaps check out our Patreon. Otherwise, have a great week. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>